RadioInfluence.com. The challenger. Here we go. This is the MMA report with Jason Floyd on Radio Influence. Welcome into the Sunday, August the 28th, 2022 edition of the MMA Report Podcast. I am Jason Floyd. It is the interview edition of the show as I've got a pair of fire interviews come up here on this episode as you're going to hear from a man who is coming off a win there at Fury FC 68, Isaac Moreno. He is now 4-0 and in his career. He got a unanimous decision win there at against Sam Kilmer at Fury FC 68. It's the first time I had a chance to Talked to Isaac in about two years. Uh, I talked to him when uh, he was preparing for his final amateur matchup. So had a great conversation with him. Talked to him about his most recent victory, uh, the influence his uncle has had on his career, and uh, so much more. Also, you're going to hear from Logan Urban, who is coming off a unanimous decision win at LFA 139 last weekend. Of course, this was his first matchup since his matchup against Josh Quinlan on the Contender Series. So spoke to him about his victory last week at LFA 139. Also uh, got his take on the fact that Josh Quinlan failed his drug test following their matchup there on the Contender Series. Also talked about his day job as an account manager for retail stores for beer sales. So had a great conversation with him. So as always, appreciate everyone tune in for this episode of the podcast whether you're listening to this uh, on apple podcast spotify stitcher iHeartRadio, wherever you may be listening i do appreciate you taking time out of your day download listen to this episode if you listen on on apple or on spotify if you can leave me a uh, rating i would really appreciate that now before we get into the interviews uh, i will note that i'm actually recording this here on late friday afternoon as i'm actually going to be heading to indianapolis tonight for bucks and Colts. so one get this podcast uh recorded before i head out of town of course i'll be back on sunday and uh sunday gonna basically be a a family day for me so i wanted to get this podcast out rolling here and a couple things that have caught my eye today on mma twitter if you have not seen the interaction between chris cyborg and ali abdel aziz uh interesting interaction and of course ali the manager of kayla harrison and clearly he is pushing for chris to have a matchup against kayla which as a fight fan we you know me and daniel talked about this on wednesday's episode of the podcast is as a fight fan man i hope this one comes together i really do hope it comes together i just I have my doubts on whether or not we ever see this matchup happen. And it's just, it's kind of interesting to see how all this has unfolded over the past couple months because, you know, it wasn't that long ago. It, it seemed like the Kayla Harrison team wasn't publicly all all in on this matchup. And clearly Ali Abdelaziz trying to make this matchup happen. Uh, even saying they'll do an 80-20 fight per split with Chris Cyborg getting 80%. And, you know, it really... It's one of those things that I just wonder, is Ali at this point of realizing if they can't get this fight put together, what does that mean for Kayla Harrison? You know, she, Kayla Harrison clearly, you know, may be the most talented female mixed martial artist, but we don't really know because based on the competition that she is facing and, you know, and, and, but look, I will say this uh, PFL did really well with the television ratings last weekend for Kayla's fight. Don Davis uh, did put a tweet out there. He, like he didn't uh, note what the number was, but his sweet paraphrasing what his tweet was was saying this is just a, a you know proves that PFL is the number two mixed martial arts organization in the world, which. I really don't know how much of the fan base really cares about that. I, I like it's one of those things that I think it being in the media, I think it's something we do care about. But like, I just work for a common MMA fan. Like, do you see that tweet? And you go, I don't give a crap who the number two MMA organization in the world. I just want to see great fights. And of course, Kale McLaren 
chimed in and I retweeted Campbell's tweet because I was basically says sign me up for this debate. It was debate on who has the better television numbers. Of course, Combate does extremely well on Univision. Uh, the numbers they pull are absolutely amazing. But it was like I, I had the uh, the biggie biggie gif of him eating popcorn. Sign me up for that debate there. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention before we get into the interviews that really caught my eye was I'm on my YouTube subscription feed and yeah, you know, I, I subscribed to, you know, several different, you know, YouTube channels out there. And I saw that the UFC reposted their video from 2020, which was Dana White versus the media. And it's one of those things that I saw that, that video get posted and it made me just go, Hmm. Why did the UFC decide at this point to re-release that video? He just, it, it's just one of those things. And like I tweeted about it, I said, and I tweeted, I said, just saw this video on my YouTube subscription feed. First thought that came to my mind is why did the UFC decide to repost this video? Makes you go, hmm, makes me wonder, is there about to be a story that comes out? It, it just, it, and maybe there's not, maybe there's not a story that's going to come out, but it just made me wonder, like, is there a story about to come out about Dana White? That's not going to put Dana White in the bet, you know, not going to make him look very good. It just, it's one of those things that, you know, cause I'm very much a, a big believer in the whole, like, you know, what are we trying to accomplish? What's, what's the end game we're trying to get to. And I see the UFC post that video. And just, my thought was like, why? Why all of a sudden, two years after the fact, do you post that video back on, on your YouTube channel? I mean, and obviously all the you know, UFC fans are going to rally behind Dana White. I get all that. But from my perspective, I was just like, why release that? Just made me wonder, is there a story coming? Is there a fight or pay story coming? Maybe, maybe there's some developments in the antitrust lawsuit. It's just, it's one of those stories that you see, whether, you know, you, you see it on a YouTube timeline or you see it on your Twitter timeline, they just go, hmm, I wonder what's going on there. So we'll see how that one does play out there. But let's get into the interview edition of the show. Up first, you're going to hear my conversation with Isaac Moreno, who is now 4-0 and in his career as he got a unanimous decision win there at Fury FC 68, as I spoke to him about that win. Also, talked about a lot of things. This is the first time I've had a chance to talked to Isaac since uh, his I, I talked to him back in 2020 prior to his final amateur fight so kind of talked to him about what's going on with him then also a good amount of the conversation did lead to his relationship uh, with his uncle who is one of his coaches joining me now here on the MMA report is a man that I've not talking to in about two plus years last time we talked he was getting ready for what ultimately was his final amateur fight Isaac Moreno Isaac man uh, appreciate time of course uh, since we last talked you've been on a roll here as a professional mixed martial artist just coming off your fourth professional victory man so like as you think about where you were you know as a martial artist back in in, in 2020 when we talked there for your, your final amateur fight to where you're at now like how, how do you describe these two years I mean it's just been a lot of work so um I mean, the work's never going to stop. So it's just a constant grind day in and day out and, and, uh, finding, finding that love every day, like just remembering why I'm doing it and, and, uh, how much I love what I'm doing. They always talk about that, that love for what you do, you know, no matter, I mean, whatever we all do, you know, we all have something that, that we, we do. Um, is it, is it that practice part of it for you? of Just like that, that mental grind of getting up every day and knowing like, damn, man, there is some, my, my boys in the gym are trying to take my head off today. I mean, I get, I get hurt more in practice than I do in the fights. Like, but that's how I think it should be. Uh, I love the grind. I love those days where I know I'm going to come into, to it. We call them death sessions here. Like, where it's a bunch of black belts and they're just beating me up for five rounds, five, five minute rounds. And I get 45 second rest and they're, it's a death session. So I have to survive. I have to, but I look forward to that. Like I, I have to mentally prepare, like, all right, I'm going to go in, I'm going to do this. And I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to try to survive. So it's, it's just uh, like, I guess the anticipation of the day, like, oh man, 
uh, I'm going to get it today. <laughs> what, when I was uh, going back and, and I was looking at your Instagram, I think one of the things that, that really stuck out to me over these last two years is we've kind of seen that physical transformation of your body growing as a martial artist. Has that been kind of the, the biggest part of, you know, one of the, the key things that you and your team are working on is that, is that strength and conditioning aspect? Yes, sir. We, uh, I work with, with, um, Mac strength and performance. He, uh, right now he just moved to, uh, I think it's Ohio, uh, to the West side barbell gym and his, his coaching out there and the West side barbell gym is they, they train the strongest athletes in the world, strongest powerlifters, strongest NFL players, like most explosive guys. And, um, I work with him and, is taking my strength and conditioning to another level. And then I'm also growing, like I'm still, I'm still young. And I was just, I was, well, it was two years ago. I was 22, 21. And, uh, so my body's just growing, it's changing. And, uh, I mean, I, I like where I'm at. I like the weight that I'm at. I feel, I feel like I can still get bigger. And, uh, it, I, I feel like I can grow in my weight class. And it's not a crazy cut. It's everything's everything's good. I feel strong. I feel athletic here. I mean, I just did 15. I did 15 minutes of grinding this past weekend, and then the next day I woke up and I still trained. So like, it's just it's just part of the game. So so, so are we saying we're just uh, team no days off? Uh, I mean, I I take I take two full days, but I was just like I'm. I'm good. I'm not hurt. Thank you. And thank God I wasn't hurt. I came out fine and I, I just decided to work out and I do that. I do my same, my same routine every day. You know, you're talking about, you know, the weight aspect and I feel like this is probably more of a conversation that happens with heavyweight fighters because obviously there's just, you know, there's such a huge uh, amount of weight they can be in that division. And, you know, I've had fighters talk about like, they feel like, Hey, there's, there's a sweet spot. Like, I feel like if I'm walking around this type of weight, like this is where I maximize performance. Is that something you kind of notice, you know, from your amateur career and now into your pro career? Like you kind of felt like, I, I feel like I now know where that sweet spot is to get the, to maximize your performance? Uh, definitely. I mean, I started working with uh, a nutritionist. I started working with um, meal prep company. I started working with my strength and conditioning coach and we all figured out where, where my weight has to be and, and um, what I need to be eating and how often I need to be eating and how often I need to be training and, um, we found, we figured it out. Everything's just dialed in and the more disciplined I am, the easier, the easier the camp is because it's not so much, the camp's not so much about like, if I know how to fight, like I'm learning how to fight. We we've already established that. It's about making the weight and getting ready for fight night and, uh, making, making sure I peak right at the right time. And that, and that's, that all comes down to discipline with, with the diet, with the strength and conditioning and with everything else. So yeah, we, we definitely found that sweet spot. And of course you got that win there last week in at Fury 68. Uh, what was the mentality in that fight? Someone's O's got to go. What was that? Was that all part of the mentality? I mean, we, we had a game plan and, um, we we just executed I knew I was going to go in there and, and, um, impose my will. And I did. So yeah, I was, I was going in there, leaving it all in there. Like I'm going to go in, I'm going to die on my shield. So they always talk about in, in athletics, there's expectations of how you expect it to play out. And then there's the reality of how it played out. Were your expectations did they meet reality or 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 did Sam throw a little bit of curveballs at you? So, we we knew that Sam just takes people down mm-hmm. and hugs them. So, uh yes, he has finishes choking people out, but the guys that he was going against were they didn't know what they were doing on the ground. All right, just common basic jiu-jitsu. And we just drilled basics. That's the whole camp. We just drilled basics. We drilled basics. And down here in South Texas, we have some killers uh, as black belts. And they were all in each week. Every week they were here 
training with me and uh, just busting my ass every day. Like every day they came in here, I knew it was going to be a, a grinder. And I knew that whatever Sam threw at me, I was going to be able to go through because I have 180, uh, 190 pounders, 100, uh, like they're all black belts. They're big, they're strong, they're athletic, and they've been doing jiu-jitsu for years. And I, if I can survive them, I can survive anyone else. So we were ready for, for whatever. And um, that first round, he he did what he wanted to do, but I never let him settle. I kept on escaping. I kept on regarding. And um, I mean, the rest is history. After that, I, I I feel like after the first round, I broke his will. And he was just like, man. And then he kept on shooting, kept on uh, going for the desperation shots. And he was just running into stuff at that point. So. I remember because you're anyone who goes to your Instagram. The one thing they'll notice is you're a story guy. You know, you you're, you you know, you don't put you don't put a ton in your feed, but most of it in your stories. And I did notice the other day uh, you had something in your story where you noted the the interaction you had with Sam uh, about what it was like. What eight weeks before this fight? Yeah, eight weeks before this fight, um, they had offered me Sam on a like four day notice, and uh, because my opponent dropped out for the second time that's and the same point it dropped out for the second time and and we we're just kind of bummed and then they offered me sam and it's just a smart decision like we this is a totally different um i i would have to totally change my game for that fight yeah and um we just decided to to uh push it back we're like we're fine we'll, we'll be fine and then he goes on to comment on on my pictures and start just uh just barking uh, on my on my stuff so uh i hit him i i told him let's run it and let's run it in uh in august if you really want it uh let's let's run it in august i'll give you it's eight weeks to prepare he wanted to do it in four days all right, I give you eight weeks. Get ready. And I mean, his whole team, like all his people, were saying there's levels to this. And well, I guess I showed them there's levels. There is levels to this. Is uh, that is that the first time you've uh, kind of dealt with that on social media with a an opponent? Uh, on social media, yeah, yeah. Um, I've I've had it to where at weigh-ins. Uh, guys are, are talking of a big storm and I mean, it's part of the game. So it's, it's a coping mechanism, I guess, cause they know it, they're going to get it. So, <laughs> you know, you, but you talked about, you know, all the, the black belts that you worked with. It just kind of made me think about like, if you had a chance to take a, a jujitsu seminar from, you know, past fighter, current fighter, maybe it's just a judicial practitioner. Would there be someone kind of on that bucket list of like, man, I'd love to be in a room with him for like two hours and just kind of pick his brain in terms of, of how they, they look at jujitsu. I mean, John Danaher or, uh, or Gordon Ryan, those guys are at the top of the, yeah. of the jujitsu world. And I'd love to be in the room with them and just pick their brain. I mean, Danaher cornered uh, GSP. Yeah. Like that's he already he's already been there. He's been at the highest level in in the UFC, and he, they're still at the highest level in jiu-jitsu. Like yeah. that's that's just someone that I'd want to learn learn from. But uh, uh, like my my uncle, my uncle, his he's really my my professor. And uh, he's a black belt under Gracie Baja, and he oversees everything I do. He schedules like what I'm gonna do, and <laughs> and we we just I'm with him 24 seven. Like I, we're either here in the studio or we're in his office. We're always talking up um, fighting or or uh, different different uh, techniques, and it, it's just crazy. We're, like I'm surrounded by jujitsu, so people think that I my jujitsu game. Like I have no jujitsu because all I, I mean, all people I've seen is my striking, but we, they're going to have, by the time I get to the UFC, it's going to be over. Don't you, over. don't you look at that as a positive though? 
in, in the way yeah. of okay, people just they may think it's a weakness, but they just don't know. Yeah. Like I, I remember, yeah. I remember a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to a fighter, and they were talking about they're like, like everything you see from me is on the ground. Goes, no one knows what I can do on my feet. And he goes, I like that. He goes, I like that. There's this unknown because he goes, at some point, I know I'm going to have to use it. I know at some point it's going to happen. But they, they said they look at it more from a positive as opposed to maybe a, a quote unquote negative aspect. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't look at it as a as a negative because that's just something I have in my pocket. Yeah. So take me down. All right, all right. Let's see if you can hold me down because. I'm strong, I'm athletic, and then I know what I'm doing. Yeah. So it's uh, it's something that that we con we constantly work on, and um, not a lot of people get to see that. So would there whenever whenever I use it? So. Would there be a bucket list submission to pull off inside MMA competition? Uh, I mean. I have, and I've, I've submitted my first, my first fight was, I ended it in submission. Uh-huh. Um, and that was by runic choke, but I mean, I don't think there's any submission that I really want to do. It's yeah. whatever comes, comes. I don't, I don't like forcing things and, and it's the opportunity will present itself with when it's, when it's right. But I am planning to, to make my name on the Nogi scene as well. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to be starting, uh, to compete more in the, in the Nogi scene because I want to make my name everywhere. Not only in MMA, I want to make it in jujitsu. I eventually want to get some boxing fights mm-hmm. and make my name in boxing and just take over. Like I said, take over everything, every, every, every aspect I can. You mentioned about that mentality of, you know, taking what's there. You know, if, if they give me a, a rear naked choke, let me go rear naked choke. They give me the guillotine, go for the guillotine. Or, you know, that, that left jab is there. I'm just going to keep pumping you with that left jab. Exactly. Is that always a mentality you had as a fighter? No, no, no. Uh, this is something that comes with uh, maturity. Mm-hmm. Um, because at first, I all I wanted to do was finish, 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 finish. And you can't do that. You have the. You have to let the opportunity present itself, and it will. You, you just stick to your basics. You put you put your punches together. You put your techniques together, and it's gonna come. It's gonna come. You don't have to force it. Um, the opportunity is gonna be there, and when it is, when when the opportunity presents itself, you have to be ready to take it. So, that's that's something like you just have to be. Waiting, 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 waiting. It's in the come, it's in the come, it's in the come. And when it comes, just take it. Did that did that shift happen inside the fight or did it happen inside the fight room? Uh fight room. Fight okay. room. Yeah. Lots of lots of uh like I said, uh, I'm always with my uncle and it's just a lot of talks and uh we we we're just we discuss a whole bunch of stuff and, and go over like just different mentalities and um what I could do when I can, when I can do, uh, let's say, let's say I, I'm, I really want to land a, a hook. Mm-hmm. So we're going to, we're going to break down all right, where I can land it from after what punch can I land it? Uh, if let's say I slip to one side, can I throw it from there and still be safe and not get hit from the other side? Like it's just, just constant, um, just, we're just always talking about stuff. So always breaking things down. And, and, uh, that was just something that, that came when, with maturity, like, all right, Hey, we gotta just slow things down. It's gonna, it's gonna come. Everything's gonna come. And I feel that's why I'm, I'm able to last. I'm in the fight. I'm not, I'm not thinking like, Oh, I gotta hit him. I gotta hit him. Yeah. Like, no, I'm just, I'm going to pick him apart and make him run into my stuff. So, is your uncle it's, it's, is your uncle ultimately the reason you got into the fight game? Uh no. No. I, I've always I've always been I started martial arts at the age of three. My father was the one that put me in. Okay. And uh I mean I do it I do it I say I don't do it for my dad, but I do do it for my dad. Like my dad's been my my number one supporter. Uh, well, my, both my parents have been my number one supporters 
And uh, I really do this for them. They they saw me grow into what I am now. Yeah. I, th- from three years old, uh, doing karate, I got my black belt. I went into uh, kickboxing. I won world championships. And uh, and then now I'm doing MMA. And I really I love what I do. So I feel like that that's just like a, a sense of accomplishment. Uh, like that's a, that's a, um, like that, that's, I'm accomplishing their, like, how can I put it? I mean, I feel, I just feel like I make them happy. Like, yeah. Dang. I, Isaac's Isaac's doing what he loves and, and, uh, I think they're happy that they were able to provide me and put me in, into the position I am now. And then uh, once I started MMA, I mean, my uncle, like I said, he's a black belt. So he was the first guy that I went to. Like, hey, I need to learn jiu-jitsu. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, well, then we just started talking and, and we started training. And, um, and then the rest is history. And, like, I moved in with my uncle and we've just, like I said, I'm, we're constantly talking about this uh-huh. stuff. And he, like, he watches over everything I do, and and he's, he's my best friend. And we're just, we're always together now. And like I said, we're all either in the studio or in his office, but we're always together. So it's, it's constant martial arts, like 24 <laughs> seven. So. You mentioned about living with your uncle. Just we'll kind of end on this. Made me kind of think about like you know if you get one up on your uncle that day in the in the, in the training room. You know, let's just say you land a you call a submission. Do you take that home with it? Like maybe he tries to throw a little jab. You go, hey, you know what? You remember I caught you today. I'll catch you again tomorrow. <laughs> nah, he he, uh, he puts it on me. Right? <laughs> he he uh, nah, he he doesn't let me. He doesn't let up. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm still searching for that, for that one day. Um, I always sound like I'm going to get you, man. One day, maybe when you're 50, but I'm going to get you. So that, I mean, that's, that's how, that's what we do. So it's, it's, I live a, I live a very simple life and, and I love what I do and I'm surrounded by good people and, uh, I can't, I can't ask for anything more. And we look forward to seeing that next time you step back inside competition here, man. As always, uh, appreciate time. Great to catch back up with you. Of course, uh, let us know anything you can find on social media. And, of course, anything else you want to mention, man. The floor is yours. Um, just follow me on Instagram, primetime underscore Moreno. And um, shout out to all my sponsors. Shout out to all my teammates. Y'all know who you are. My parents, my coaches. I love you guys. And that was my conversation with Isaac Moreno. Appreciate him come back on the show. Talk about his win there at Fury FC 68. And uh, interesting to kind of see where he goes. He's clearly a guy that uh, would seem that he is on that fast track, potentially get in to the UFC. Coming up next, you're going to hear the conversation that I had with Logan Urban, who is coming off of your name decision win at LFA 139 last weekend. He is now unbeaten in his last six matchups, 5-0 and with one no contest at no contest. Coming on the Contender Series, which was initially a knockout loss against Josh Quinlan, got overturned to a no contest due to Quinlan uh, testing positive for a banned substance in his post-fight drug test. So I spoke to Logan about a range of topics, talked about his daytime job uh, in the beer cell business. Also uh, talked about you know his reaction to when he learned that Josh Quinlan had tested positive for a banned substance and what could be next for him. So here's my interview with Logan Urban. Joining me now here on the MMA Report is a man who's coming off a victory here at LFA 139. Your name is to Victory Logan. Uh, appreciate the time as, uh, you know, I was absolutely uh, yeah, talking to your management about you and and learn a little bit about who you are. And when they said that, you know, you're you're an account manager for many retail stores <laughs> for beer sales, which we kind of have yeah. a little bit in common here because I'm, I'm in I'm in the uh, the restaurant bar industry. So it made okay. me it, it made All me right. kind of think, how did we get kind of it? How do we get into this job? Honestly, it's a it's actually a funny story. I used to uh, work a desk job at the Cleveland Clinic, which is a big um, uh, hospital service around the area, northeast Ohio. 
Um, and I just wanted a job change, you know, something to help pay the bills. And a good friend of mine, Eric, he's a fighter at our gym, a gym in Revolution in Euclid, Ohio. He worked for uh, Superior Beverage, it's called. It's in Northeast Ohio out of Glen Willow. Um, beer and wine distributing company and he worked and he's like, you know, it's a great job for training too. Uh, you know, it really helps you out with like time management and everything. So he hooked me up with that job and I got my own sales route in the area I lived. Um, so that's kind of what I do. And it's, it's really nice with training because I get to, I get to make money, but I'm also not on hourly. So, you know, if I get done sooner, I can go get home, rest, you know, relax, take a nap and then get ready for training too. So it, it works out well. I won't lie. Yeah. It, uh, obviously for what I do, I know a lot of people in the, uh, beer and liquor yeah. industry. Uh, so yeah. I mean, are, are we, prim- so, you know, we're celebrating the victory. Are we primarily a beer guy or, or do we maybe for the, the, the liquor <laughs> side of the equation? Yeah, I like to dabble a little bit in the liquor side. I don't go too crazy, obviously, because, you know, with dieting and eating clean and everything, drinking clean, you know, you can't really tolerate too much, you know. Um, call me a lightweight, if you will, I guess. But uh, <laughs> beer, I'm, I'm definitely more on the beer side with the more than the liquor. But, uh, yeah, I like to get into both, you know. So it also leads me to think of, obviously, I mean, I can see you, you got a little damage on the eye there for the, for the yeah, fight, you know, yeah, like, a little bit. That's, that's up. <laughs> has there been a time when you know, you're going into one of your accounts and maybe they don't know <laughs> what you do for, you know, what, what the other part of your life yeah. is. And they go, yeah. Hey, Logan. Yeah. Um, Hey, uh, anything what you tell us? What, yeah. Right. What happened, man? You drop a box in your head from your attic or something. Yeah. Honestly, it's really funny. You bring that up because that's been my life this whole week. A lot of my accounts, a lot of my buyers, they don't know about that side of my life. So I had to, I had to break the news to them this week. Cause they see my face. They're like, come on, like what's going on? I saw your ear, you know, like what, what, what's, what really do you do? And I'm like, all right, I'm a pro fighter too. And they're like, I knew it, you know? And, um, but it, it creates a cool relationship building, um, experience there with them. So honestly, it might even help me in the long run with the sales and everything. So it's uh, it's actually kind of nice, but yeah, that was my whole week was telling them all about fighting. <laughs> See, I, I look at it from like the the regional fighter business, thinking, yeah, maybe you maybe yeah. you're delivering off a beer package, and you go, hey guys, I got tickets <laughs> for sale. You know, if you need to buy some tickets, <laughs> I got you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> so it kind of helps me in both best of both worlds, right there. <laughs> yeah, uh, but this fight here at LFA one thirty nine, it was the first time in in eleven months since you've ba- been back yeah. inside competition. Of course, you know we saw you there on the yeah. contender series. Like, like how do you uh-huh. describe the last eleven months? Man, it's been a it's been a whirlwind. Honestly, like I've been trying to fight since March of last year. I tried to get one for a regional show and uh, OCL for a, a title fight. Mm-hmm. Um, I had opponent pull out there. And then I tried to do another fight with Fury. And a long story short, it was a, it was a medical issue that caused the uh, cancellation of that fight with, you know, the doctor I saw. Whole story. But I've been trying so many times and it just would not happen. I just was not, I don't know, it just, the stars weren't aligning for it. And uh, for this one, it, I really felt like it was uh, meant to be. Like it, it lined up perfectly for this fight to happen. I felt the best I've ever felt getting in there. And uh, I was the most confident. I had the best training camp I've had in my entire career. I just felt like it was necessary to go through all those cancellations to get there to where I was at now, you know, to get that win. Was there something so, that, that happened in the training room leading up to this that, that, that made you have that feeling on fight night? Um, not so much a certain thing, more of like a buildup of a lot of things. I'm, I just had, I don't know, it's, I'm not like superstitious or anything, but you know, you, you look at your camp and you always have like your ups and downs. Like you perform really well. Sometimes you don't, sometimes you do. And like this time I was just on all the time. It just felt so amazing every day going into training. I I was like, this is almost too weird that everything's feeling too right. (laughs) And honestly it, it turned out for the better. it, It led me in the right way, prepping me in the right way for the fight and turned out to get the W. So I'm happy with it, man. Really happy. 
expectations versus reality of the fight. You know, obviously you had a, yeah. you know, I mean, obviously you visualize the fight going down so many different ways, right. but you know, and you know, obviously part of that is thinking, okay, this is kind of what I expect my opponent to do in the matchup. Like as you think about yeah. what your expectations were for the fight and ultimately how it played out, were they similar mm-hmm. or, or were there some major differences? Um, a little bit of both. I would have to say more leaning more towards the, um, similarities of what I visualize. I knew going into the fight, this kid, Ryan, he was a great fighter, man. As I, you know, I have to mention it. Um, I knew he had a good camp behind him. I knew he was training with a lot of great guys, including former champion. Now, uh, Kamar Usman, you know, just a lot of great guys surrounding him. And I knew going in, you know, I had to be on my a game, but going into the fight, I knew there were a lot of similarities from what I visualized. I knew, it was going to be mainly a striking match. I knew he was a striker. I know he's well-rounded too, which I am, but I had a feeling inside that we really wanted to stand and, you know, put on a good show. And honestly, it turned out to be more of a scrap than I wanted, but I knew it was going to say standing. So I was happy with that, but that's what I wanted. I wanted to show more of my striking. So I went in with that vision and that's, that's what we left with too. So it was good. And of course, you know, mentioned about you know first fight since contender series, and we we yeah, all know what happened yeah. there, but also we know what happened mm-hmm. after the fight. Yeah, when you're yeah. told that about your opponent that he, he failed yeah. his post fight drug test, like mm-hmm. what go, what with is your is your feelings the same as it was, you know, when you, when you get that call initially of like, hey man, you know, just want to let yeah. you know this is what's going on. It's going to be a no contest, but as the right. guy stepping in there with someone who did not pass their, their post-fight drug test, like what goes through your mind yeah. as a fighter? Ah, uh, man, it's, I don't know. Like the emotions were insane. I've never felt anything like that in my life. You know, I, I guess in this sport we have, you know, we have this pride in like being the best versions of ourselves going in there and, you know, doing all the right things. And that's kind of like what you expect of your opponent too. And, yeah. you know, I can't, I can't go too far into that because I can't, you know, I don't know my former opponent that well, so I can't, you know, speak, you know, for him that that much. Um, I don't hold grudges or anything. I'm not that kind of person. It does suck, and it did rub me the wrong way for a long time. But, you know, you, you have to move on with your career yeah. and your life. It definitely stung for a while because I knew that was, like, you know, obviously the biggest call opportunity in my life. And even on two days' notice or whatever, I, me being busy, I, I was never going to say no to that regardless. And, uh, you know, stepping up was, I, I was proud of myself for doing it, but then finding out, you know, it, was, it, it hurt, you know, yeah. it really did hurt. But like I said, I don't hold the grudges and I move on, but you know, you just gotta be careful with that stuff. Cause you never know. Like I got tagged pretty good and I was actually hurt for a while from that, from his punches and they were heavy and you know, it almost didn't feel right. But again, I can't speak too much on it. I don't know. Um, but you know, you just gotta be careful with that, with the testing and everything you you gotta, I don't know, maybe take more precaution with that. Cause you never know. Clearly they didn't know he was on that. And then getting in, they could have hurt me a lot more. So thinking back, it's like one of those shoulda, coulda, woulda, what if scenarios. And you know, I can't, I can't sit on it too heavy cause then it stresses me out. So I just kind of, I try my best to move on and get better from it. You know, learn from every way I learn about it every way I can and just become better. You mentioned about time, so. you mentioned about the stress of the fight game, and I think we can yeah. all kind of relate to just like our everyday life of of the stress that right. we have, work stress, whatever stress it may be. Like, how do right. you? How do? You, is there a way you cope with that? Just that day in day out stress of like making it, you know, back of the room noise as opposed to being that noise that's right in front of you. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of it has to do with personality too. Like who you are as a person. I think I, I know I'm pretty, I don't know. I'm pretty laid back for the most part. I'm, I'm outgoing. I, uh, I like to talk to people, you know, it's kind of part of my job anyway. So (laughs) I like to do that, but, but, uh, you know, I guess, like I said, it's kind of a personality thing. Like I know a lot of guys that I train with, a lot of friends, a lot of people I've met in the fight game that, don't deal with it, deal with it as well, just because that's their personality. Like they don't deal with the anxiety very well. They can't find escapes in life to really help them like get out of that fight mentality all the time. So they carry it with them everywhere. And that's something I think I do pretty well. I like I like work, 
Um, I like my hobbies. It distracts me well, and that keeps me healthy in the head. Um, and I like doing other things that I can mention too, like, you know, playing games with my friends and whatever, walking my dog, it doesn't matter. But I, I find those distractions help me a lot. And I don't know, some people, you know, it doesn't, doesn't help them as much, but I think to everyone that has like struggled finding that escape, they got to find what works best for them. So, you know, other people like escapes, some, some don't. So, you know, whatever works for people, you got to find that though. That's important. Obviously, you're a competitive guy. Be you know, doing, yeah. do, do you know, being a, a professional fighter, which makes me yes, think sir. about it. Like you know, uh-huh. you you're, you go home on a Friday night. You know, you, you you turn on the video game console, whether you're an Xbox or a PS guy, and and, yeah, and yeah. let's just say we're hopping on, and you and the boys are going to play some games online. Is that competitive <laughs> juice just as strong? <laughs> Honestly, it depends on the game. I uh, I think for the most part. I'm not that competitive. I'm I'm usually pretty mellow about my video games, surprisingly. But usually I like to uh, be competitive overall. But with games, I don't know. I just like to have fun. It's it's kind of weird and cliche to say, I guess. But I, I mainly just try and have fun with it. Because I know if I do get super competitive with it, then I'm starting to get stressed out. <laughs> Then I'm going to want to throw my controller and all that stuff. So I'm like, I'm going to relax. I'm not going to get to that point. Just chill and play. But in other things, I stay competitive, but video games, not so much. See, see like, so I, I'm a Madden guy and like, I don't, okay. I don't, I don't uh, wear, I don't wear the headset, nothing like that. But like, you know, you can, yeah, sometimes yeah. you can hear the person you're playing. And like, I always, oh, yeah. I always find yeah. it comical when mm. you're playing somebody and they're like, oh, you're just going to run the same play. I'm like, yeah, stop me. Yeah, right. If you know what I'm going to do, then do something about it. Uh, yes, I'm going to run the ball down your throat the whole time. Just stop right, me. Right. And and it's going to work, man. Just watch. If you can stop me, just try. Yeah. It's like I always wonder, like, you know, like for a professional fighter, if they're, you know, playing whatever, you know, it's a, a sports game, maybe it's a, a Call of Duty type game. Like, and if there's yeah. someone on the other side of that screen that's just talking just mad trash to you. Do, do they realize who they're talking to? I know. It's funny you say that. My my buddy and I, we play some shooters here and there. And, you know, we do. you do hear people on the other end talking. And they'll say, you know, mean things to you. I mean, it's it's mainly a toxic environment for the most part in video games. For, I mean, for the most part. Um, but, yeah, when you hear that, you're just like, man, if this person only knew. If he only really knew what I was all about on the other side. But in reality though, like if I, if I ever do come across someone that's, you know, kind of a tough guy, I usually just kind of wave it off and say, no, you probably beat me up anyways. Cause I don't, I don't want to deal with any of that, honestly, but yeah, definitely with video games. That's how it goes, man. So the other thing I heard about you is that you and your wife are foodies. So we go, we're going to say it's a Friday, Saturday (laughs) night, you know, we're going out to, is there a particular type of food that's kind of like a, you know, the go-to for you? Yeah, I do love my carbs, man. I love my (laughs) carbs. I love, uh, after having a nice, a nice meal with her, uh, we love to get ice cream too. We're big into ice cream (laughs) and, you know, have not having it through camp is, uh, it's brutal, man. So after the fight, you get the win, the feelings, the feelings incredible. So you got to go and just fill those cravings, you know? Um, but yeah, I love, I love pasta. I love Italian food. I love pizza. Those are kind of our, our big ones. We love trying different spots of all sorts. Um, we like sushi too. So, uh, we like kind of hitting both ends of the spectrum. You know, you got the, uh, you got the fish and then you got the heavy carbs and the Italian pastas and everything. So those, those are our big favorites. All right. So what's the go-to ice cream, <sighs> man? Um, there's a place called Mitchell's. Um, there's uh, there's one a little bit by me, but also in Cleveland, we like to go to my personal favorite. Everyone makes fun of me for it. It's blue Cosmo. It's like a, <laughs> it's blue, Co- blue Cosmo flavor. Okay. <laughs> um, it's like, a. um, what is it? It's like, uh, um, I'm trying to think of what it is, like pistachio and like cotton candy flavor. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. I'm not- yeah, I know. I know. I get so much crap from my friend's family for it. It's, it's kind of like an inside joke <laughs> in my family and everything is hilarious, but I love it. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm a cookies and cream guy. Oh yeah. You can't go wrong. Can't go wrong with that. That's all. That's good. I like mint. 
cookies and cream. Um, cookie dough is pretty good. You know, getting those bits of the cookie dough in there. That's always good. But yeah, I, I don't I mean, honestly, I'm not going to say no to anything really ice cream. Yeah, related. <laughs> I forget the flavor it's called, but I get it sore all the time. It's a Ben and Jerry's um, flavor. It's the one that has Jimmy Fallon right. on, on the uh, on the container. Oh, yeah. It's like cookie yeah. dough, but it's got peanut butter in it. <laughs> It's effing yeah. delicious. Uh, that's all I'll say. It's, it's delicious. <laughs> it's delicious. Oh, like yeah. it, it's, but the problem is like, I mean, we all know this Ben and Jerry's, you know, they're not the biggest things, but like, right. I'm not trying right. to eat the whole thing in one sitting, but it's so damn no, good. I'm no. like, I get to that point. I'm like, you okay, I, I, it, but I guess that point. I'm like, I gotta go put this in the freezer. I got back yeah. in the freezer. I'm, I'm going to do it right now. Cause if I don't, I'm going to keep eating it and it'll all be gone. Yeah. You know, I, I you know, like it could be a one serving thing. Like that's some of the sides I see those yeah. food labels will say one serving is this. I'm like, that is not one serving. Yeah. That ain't one serving, man. Definitely not. Like I'm like, I'm doing a, the same thing. Like I'm a chips guy. Like if you look yeah. on a bag of chips and you look at what they call a serving size, who the hell says it's a serving size? No, don't believe that for a second. <laughs> I think like yeah. on, to- on Tostitos, it says it's like nine chips. Who the hell is eating nine chips? Nobody in nobody in the world is eating nine chips. No. Maybe like a little kid. Yeah, <laughs> like that's it. It may be like a little like six year old, seven year old kid, but no adult is eating nine <laughs> chips and putting the bag down. No, no. I know I'm not. I know you're not. I mean, no, no way. No, no. I, I like I like food way too much. But uh, same, same. I'm, yeah. Too big into food, food, man. That's that's my thing. I guess you can consider that another hobby of mine is eating. <laughs> <laughs> you just gotta watch that during camp. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, big time. Yeah, my coaches make sure of that too. Don't get too fat out of camp. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of, is there a timeline for that next fight? Um, I want to try and stay active. Uh, might lo- might look like towards the end of October or early mm-hmm. November. That's a good time frame for me. Um, obviously, I want to heal up pretty good. I. From the nice scrap we had, I had a nice little thumb injury, so I'm getting that looked at pretty soon. I don't think it'll be a problem, but just want to make sure, you know. But, uh, yeah, that's fine, Prim. Trying to get that fight in before the holiday season, I see. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. My, my, uh, you know, my family, they're huge in the holidays. They love making a bunch of food and everything, and dieting through that is, like, near impossible. (laughs) So I want to make sure I do not do that. (laughs) it's this time of year. Cause I'm, I'm traveling pretty much every, you know, yeah. like I'm, I'm not home for a weekend till end of September at this point. So, oh, really? uh, yeah. Wow. Cause I, I, I work for uh Tampa Buccaneers with their radio broadcast. And so oh, we're, we're, sweet, we're, we're in this sweet. stretch where we're, we've got four straight road games. So like, t- like today, oh, yeah. like tonight yeah. I go to Indianapolis. So like it, oh, it wow. is, it's tough this time of year to like try yeah. to eat right. It's just, oh, yeah, it's, it's, really, it's really impossible. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to try and do it right now. Yeah, I know. It's, I'm going to try and do it right now. Cause I know in a couple of months, it's not going to happen. No, cause you know, <laughs> so. and, uh, like, this is what I'll do. Like, especially like if it's a trip where I know, like, like for a West coast trip, we go out two days before and it's like, yeah. okay, where has Guy Fieri gone to? Where, where is that restaurant? <laughs> like it's got really good food or you just start, you know, you start yeah. searching up and going like, oh man, that looks good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I just, I, Absolutely. I, I mean, dude, if he's there, you got to try it. <laughs> yeah, because he's there, then you got to try it. You, 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 I mean, look, the reality is, you know, if a you know Food Network is profiling a restaurant, the reality yeah. is that food's really damn good. Absolutely, absolutely. So you have to try it at that point. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, but uh, it, it's yeah. it's a little tough this time of year. I gotta gotta try to get up at about five o'clock in the morning and hit that hit that cardio before <laughs> oh, the day. But shoot, it's, it's early bird, man. I, I will tell you this: I get more accomplished from like five a.m. to like nine a.m. than any other part of the day. Yeah, because honestly, I'm I'm kind of like that too. I like to get up early, but once it starts getting nor- towards the end of the day, like you start fading. Yeah, you can't think as, uh, as clearly uh, as you can in the see, morning. You're like, all right, I'm toast. Power, power nap. I get that 30 minute power nap in, and then I'm, yeah, I'm then I'm go. refreshed. That's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah, got a power nap. Yeah, I usually try and do that before I go to the gym. Like I'll work, power nap, go to the gym, train the rest of the night. That's usually my my yeah. day, my weekday. Yeah, literally, I'll, I'll lay down. I'll set the alarm for like 30 minutes. So I know you know because if not, I'll, I'll I'll lay there for two hours. 
<laughs> oh yeah, you're going to sleep at that point. <laughs> yeah, no, you got you got to kind of set that alarm. It's like, okay, I gotta get up. I got, I got, yeah. I got stuff that's yeah. gonna get done. <laughs> yes, I can't fall asleep right now. It's three o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sleep through the night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Otherwise, you're up all night long. You know playing people oh, online. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, exactly. And going right into the toxic environment, you become one of them then. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. I, I try, I try not to be up that late night, but uh, Logan, man, I really appreciate your time. Congratulations on the victory. Yeah. Of course, uh, let everyone know where they can uh, follow you on social media. Anything else we'll mention, man. Oh yeah. Uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook and Twitter. Uh, it's all at Logan urban MMA. Those are all the tags. Awesome. And man. then Facebook's just my name, just okay. regular Logan urban. Yeah. And that was my conversation with Logan Urban. I appreciate him coming on the podcast to talk about his most recent win there at LFA 139. And very interesting to hear his comments about Josh Quinlan. Of course, uh, initially lost to Josh Quinlan there in 47 seconds. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things I was was thinking about the other day. And it wasn't necessarily in relation to Logan. I was just kind of thinking about, man, what is that mindset of a fighter when you learn that your opponent failed their post-fight drug test? So really interesting uh, to hear there for Logan. So had a great conversation there. Appreciate Logan. And also Isaac Moreno for coming on this edition of the Airport podcast. Also something I want to mention. And on Wednesday, towards the end of the show, Daniel and I were talking about this potential matchup between Justin Gaethje and Raphael Fiziev. And, you know, you know, I mentioned on the show, the fact of, cause you know, Daniel had, had sent me a text like, Hey man, we should talk about Fiziev and Gaethje. At that point I was like, is that fight booked? And then, uh, I saw on Fiziev's IG story that he put it out there and there is a, then I see over here on the MMA Reddit, which I love going to MMA Reddit to find out what's kind of going on in the world here. And uh, this was a quoted tweet from Amy Kaplan as uh, there was an initial report from uh, Bruna Masamani who said, per Red Fury MMA Russian media, Justin Gaethje versus Rasio Fiziev are in talks to happen in December 10th UFC show. No official announcement from the promotion. Kaplan quoted that tweet and said, per Fiziev's management, Justin Gaethje versus Rasiel Fiziev is not in the works, contrary to a report by a Russian outlet. Apparently, Justin turned down the fight. And also, I did see uh, on the Reddit where apparently Ali Abdelaziz uh, was asked about the return of Justin Gaethje. And his quote was, he's not going to be there for some guys to make a name off him so uh we'll see what happens there i would i would personally love to see fiziev and gaichi i think that would be just an amazing matchup but uh, appreciate you uh, tuning in for this edition of the amirpour podcast of course two podcasts come out every week on sunday the interview edition and of course on wednesday it's myself and daniel galvan as we get you ready for what's coming up in mma of course uh, coming up next weekend we've got the ufc show there in Paris, a headline by Surreal Khan and Tatu Avasa. We'll preview that one and talk about everything else going on in the world of MMA. Appreciate you taking time out of your day to download, listen to this episode of the podcast. Of course, you can always check out the podcast at RadioFluence.com and your favorite podcasting platforms. Uh-huh.